Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Always great. Always great. I, I really am excited about today's topic because anybody, obviously, who owns a horse, this is very pertinent to... And that is talking about how we help horses during weather changes. Now, I know we're going to talk about nutrition, but don't you think this is just an important topic that owners should really be aware of? Sure. I mean, isn't weather like the number one small talk thing? We always have our apps open on our phone. <laughs> yes, like, do yes. I need to change blankets? Do I need to shoot a text to my barn manager because of X, Y, Z? Um, you know, we don't, with horses, they live in non-climate controlled settings, there's so much interaction with the environment. So it's something that, I mean, we're constantly thinking of and how we manage them and making little tweaks here and there based on what's going on. It, we do. It's so funny because you and I always ask that, oh, how's the weather there in Ohio? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's cold. It's hot. But it is. It is. It, we always want to know what the weather is. But when it changes, I guess that the first question is, why should we be, be so concerned with our horses? with weather that that changes all the time. Horses are these big, powerful, majestic creatures who do amazing things. And yet they're so incredibly delicate at the same time. So there are multiple things we can think about with the weather changing. I mean, pretty much the big one that's probably top of people's mind is colic. Um, There have been multiple studies that have looked at this. Some say that the weather makes a difference. Some say that it doesn't. Anecdotally, I think we'd all agree that we have this concept that with big weather swings, we're more likely to have colic. So I think that's the number one thing people are thinking about. No, I've always heard that, you know, since I was young working with horses that, you know, when the when the wind starts blowing, oh, no, watch your horses because, you know, they might colic. And and I think it has to do with stress. And we'll, we'll get into some of this. But what type of weather changes are we talking about? Because it's not just oh, a big storm rolls through and stresses horses out. But, you know, as seasons change, there's a lot going on. It's pretty dynamic, right? Oh, it's super dynamic. And I guess you could think about it a couple different ways. You have you have things like that big storm front rolling in. And one of the thoughts around that is maybe there's a change in barometric pressure and that impacts the horses. Some studies have specifically looked at that. And again, it's a mixed bag of whether or not changes in barometric pressure actually impact the horse. Other things you're thinking about are how does a really hot spell impact my horse? Or how does that super cold snap impact my horse? Or then even just the big picture changes of we're moving from summer into fall in a lot of places right now. How does that impact my horse? So there's lots of big picture and really tiny day-to-day weather changes that can all have an impact on the horse. And maybe you'd make different decisions on how you'd manage them in some cases other cases, that's just kind of the up and down, and we wouldn't necessarily make a change because then you'd be making a million changes because the weather changes so frequently. I grew up in New England, and I know they say this other places too, and it's like, well, if you don't like the weather, wait a couple hours. It'll be different. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like that in Florida too. It'd be really hot, then a nice storm comes through, cools it down, and then it's right back to being hot. So question, you know, with the weather changing, what is changing in the behavior of our horses? Now, I know 
it's going to depend on the type of weather. But let's say, like you said, we're, we're transitioning fall, winter. What are some of the things that we're going to see in our horses changing with them? Yeah. So let's think about this particular change really coincides a lot with your pasture. So in most places, your pastures are becoming dormant. So you may be switching over to feeding hay instead of primarily relying on pasture for the forage source for your horse. A lot of times that comes along with a change in kind of their basic activity levels. So instead of being out moving around, covering lots of ground every day while they are grazing, instead they're standing in front of a hay feeder. So that would be a good example of kind of a big picture change that is happening. If we think about a couple different things when you change from pasture to hay, one, grass is a lot higher in water. So typically you would expect their water consumption, like liquid water to go up when you change over to that hay diet. So being aware that you need to fill your whatever water sources more often if they're you know, tubs, automatic waters, whatever you expect, liquid water intake to increase. The other thing that happens when they're moving around less is that you have less stimulation of gut motility. So you definitely can see issues where if horses activity level dramatically changes and they switch over from grass, which moves pretty easily through the digestive tract because there's so much moisture to dry hay, particularly if it's a STEMI, not super great hay, you might see an increased risk of an impaction colic in that particular situation. So that'd be one example of how kind of these big picture changes can result in something that's negative. Of course, lots of horses transition to that with no issues. Right. I mean, I just see, you know, I imagine many of those hot days watching horses just sit in the shade, not graze very much because it's just so striking hot. And then I can imagine those those freezing, bitter, cold days where, again, horses are huddled together, not moving, not drinking, right? So how does all of that impact their digestive system? Yeah, water is the number one thing. Um, ultimately, generally, if a horse isn't drinking, it's probably not eating. And we know horses are trickle grazers, so their digestive tract is designed that they're meant to be eating very continuously. So you get problems from that perspective. If a horse becomes dehydrated because they're not drinking, your risk of impaction colic goes up as well and just kind of their general health. So anytime we have a change, whether it's super hot, super cold, some other reason they don't drink, that's a definite risk factor. And as you pointed out, multiple weather changes can all come back to that horse is not drinking. If we're thinking about moving into winter, the temperature of the water um, certainly becomes a factor. I think if you go back kind of to last winter, we talked about this, but there's been research that's looked at what is the ideal temperature to offer horses water at to encourage them to drink. Um, it turns out it's not ice cold. It's kind of a lukewarm type water is what they drink the most of. I, I did. I read a lot of that. And, you know, especially if how do, how do I warm up my horse's water if it's out there in pasture and it's freezing cold out? And some people said, you know, get a kettle and boil hot water or go in there and mix it, you know, but you, you do want to, I think at minimum, make sure there's, it's not iced over, right? Like that's, that's a big one. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Now I know we, we, we kind of alluded to it. A lot of this weather change happens during our transitional season. So going into spring, going into fall, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, what are some of the other external factors, I mean, particularly I'm thinking of pasture, because we, we do talk a lot about it, but 
how are our pastures changing and what other external factors are going on around this time? Good question. So the main thing we're thinking about in fall is that your pastures, they, they do become less productive as, you know, they become dormant. But before that, when we kind of have these ups and downs and weathers, you'll still have warm, nice days and the plants are still going to be accumulating sugars from the sunlight. So photosynthesis is still occurring. Some nights, the temperatures will stay high enough that overnight the grass will still grow. No issues there. Life is good. However, just like spring, you have some nights where it's going to get down colder. And when this happens, you have grass that doesn't grow. So if temperatures are below roughly 40 degrees Fahrenheit overnight, your grass isn't going to grow. But if you still have those nice, warm, sunny days, you're going to have photosynthesis occurring. So that grass is going to continue to accumulate sugar. And at a certain point, For horses, particularly if they have equine metabolic syndrome, like insulin resistance, the sugar in the grass may accumulate to the point that they may have laminitis issues. So I'd say we see more pasture-associated laminitis occurring in the spring, but we definitely see them pop up in the fall as well. And I think just one or two podcasts ago, we talked about this in kind of more detail, but that's definitely something not colic-related, although If you have a horse who hasn't been on pasture, maybe you've just purchased them and you go and you toss them out on fall pasture that's been accumulating sugar, you can see the same thing you might see in the spring when you turn a horse out on lush pasture where even if they don't have metabolic issues, they could experience gastric upset because of that massive change. But yeah, that would be a big one that's not colic related, but just thinking about the composition of what is changing in your pasture can definitely impact horses. And then some other external factors, you know, one might be level of work of the horse. So obviously this depends a ton on what you do with your horse, where you live, but anytime you go from maybe not riding your horse a lot to changing it or vice versa, you've worked that horse really hard for some duration of time. Maybe you had your big end of season world show or whatever you've worked towards. And then you say it's time to put them on a break. Anytime that their activity level dramatically changes, that's a change as well. And it could be a positive stressor or a negative stressor, but something to keep in mind that is seasonal for some people. Um, So, you know, in some disciplines, you might not work as hard in like the real heat of the summer, and then you have a fall competition season, or thinking about horses that maybe they don't work much over the winter, and then you put them back to work in the spring. Those are going to change their nutritional demands. And then also, if there's just this rapid change in their activity levels, either going up or going down, that could impact things as well. The other one you might think about is parasite load. So a lot of your parasites during like significant heat of the summer are less active and then it's cooled down a bit. Of course, you're waiting for that frost to happen um, generally in a lot of places to then deworm. But you could have this period where horses are picking up more parasites and all of that going on, the general recommendation would be to do a fecal egg count in the spring and fall, and then base your deworming programs around that. But those are things that are happening during these transitional periods as well that could impact the health of the horse. Now getting to how do we manage this? Because listening to you, you're so right, because it's 
yeah, I, the heat of the summer, not riding as much, and then, oh, it's it's cooling off. Let's go. Let's go for a trail ride. Let's let's get out in the arena and start working more. Or the snow melted. Let's go. I just see that in my head and and experience some of that. So so what we from a nutrition standpoint, how would you advise owners to manage their horses? You know, going into let's say the winter. Um, what are some things they can be mindful of? Yeah. So let's think about this in two ways. Cause you're right. All I've been like, there's a million things that can be changes, but let's talk about some strategies to actually address those. So big picture kind of seasonal changes, things I would think about for that. Can I transition my horses more slowly from pasture to hay or hay to pasture? Because we know the digestive tract thrives on consistency. One of the number one stressors that causes colic is a major change in forage 14 to 20 days, 21 days before the colic incidence. So if we know that is something that happens seasonally, are there ways we can help support the horse during those changes? So in the spring, a lot of times we talk about slowly introducing the horse to pasture and switching them over from hay to pasture that way. We can think about it vice versa in the fall. There's a little bit less risk going on when we change from pasture to hay, but it's still a change and the more sensitive horse can have issues with those changes. So what I might think about doing is even if my horse is mostly out on pasture, starting to bring them in and giving them a little bit of hay. So we start introducing that before we completely pull them off pasture or the pasture dies off and they're on hay full time. So that's a nice way that we can help support them. What if you're in a situation where it's just not reasonable to make that change slowly? Well, then I might think about some extra probiotic support during that time change. Um, so I might think about Equifirm XL Top Dress, the Constant Comfort, because it has probiotics. There's even the Advanced Paste, which is a tube paste. All of those things can be utilized during these times of change just to give extra support to the hindgut to keep it stable because that's where a lot of these types of colics are coming from, are upset in the hindgut. So either making change slowly or doing the best we can to support that hindgut during times of change. Now, thinking about narrowing it down, I'm looking out at the weather. I know there's a big storm front coming in. And I'm concerned that my horse, whenever these happen, they might drink less. So things I might think about during that time would be providing electrolytes or maybe a little extra salt actually top dressed on top of their feed. So you could do a tablespoon twice a day. Basically what that does is that stimulates that thirst feeling in the horse to keep them drinking. Or I might offer them a plain water bucket and then a bucket flavored with something I know that they really like. Something like that to just encourage them to keep drinking during that time when we have those big swings. Same thing as your long-term changes. If I know I have a horse who gets really stressed out by those changes that happen like a big storm coming in, I might think about extra probiotic support putting the constant comfort block in their stall, something like that to support the digestive tract during those short-term changes as well. I will tell you, I don't know that my horses were extra stressed, um, but we had a big weather swing and I had oh, two rowdy geldings just having a blast out there last night in the kind of way that you're like, guys, too much, too much. God, I hope all their shoes are on when I bring them in type thing. 
you know, one thing that you want to think about when they're doing that is I actually kind of left them outside a little bit longer because they were hot from running around. I didn't want to take that hot, sweaty horse, stick them in a stall and feed them dinner. So just being mindful of those little things. I was like, you guys can stay out there a while longer, cool yourselves off before we bring you in. So just stuff like that to ease the transition, whether we're talking about the long-term transition or those really short-term ones, they can go a long way towards risk management. So unfortunately, horses are horses. Stuff is still going to go wrong. You can do everything perfectly and then something crazy happens. But what we're trying to do is reduce the risk in this case of big weather swings causing something negative happening typically colic is our risk, maybe it's fall laminitis, but all that we're trying to do is trying to manage it such that we minimize the likelihood that that happens. They always get in trouble. I had my friend just the other day, she sent me a picture of her gelding. He had a you know, big cut across his face. And I'm like, where did he get that? You know, the fence lines, they, they find a way. They find a way. That's always. what we love. Them. They're like, wait a second, you have not spent money on the us at the vet lately. What can we do? (laughs) I know. Always. Oh, you got to love them. You got to love them. Well, I think we'll just leave it at that today, Nicole. I mean, it, 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 it's really, um, a long discussion. Maybe we'll revisit going into summer next year because there's a lot of other things to think about transitioning to the to the heat, but all great advice. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you for sharing this on social media, getting your friends to listen again. You know, Dr. Rambo, myself, we just, we, we want to make not only life easier for you, but we, we always want our, ha- our horses happy and healthy. I mean, that's every time I, I write an article, I start a podcast, I'm always thinking of them. How do we make their lives better and, and make your lives better? So thank you so much for that. And stay tuned next week for another podcast. Thanks, Chris.